Thank you for that prayer. Thank you, worship team, for leading us. Y'all know what uh, today is, right? Sunday. It's not just any Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Do you know that? So it's time for us to do our annual survey, which always disappoints me. All right, so this will tell me a little bit about who you are this morning, how awake you are this rainy Sunday morning. You can either raise a hand or you can make some noise, depending on. Let me, let me hear or see from those that are fly eagles fly pulling for Philly tonight. All right. And, and then them, them Kansas City Chiefs, let me hear from y'all, hear or see from y'all. All right. Tame crowd this morning. And then those who are boldly and unapologetically do not care. What's that? Eight, nine years in a row. That's one. Like one day, it'll be different. When the Panthers are there, we'll get a different, we'll get a different result. So we're going to do a little competition this year. Um, you got to go online to our website. This is a, it's a cheap gimmick to get you onto relentlesschurch.cc. You can go on there and, and you're going to put what you think the score is going to be and uh, who's going to score first and some of those things and the, and the, and the actual score. Um, and you're like, well, I don't know anything about it. That's who usually wins. So, um, and the winner, I don't know what you'll win. You might win a free cup of coffee next week out here or a t-shirt or something. But more than that, you will, you will, your name will be said in front of the entire Relentless Church that you won the Super Bowl contest 2023. That's something to put on your resume, right? So I want, I want you guys to see some things on our website. So we did this little video just to make it, to clear some things up. All right, so this is the front page of our website, all right, with all the stuff up at the top. There's that, oh man, look how God just took that over to the give button. That was cool. All right, you know, more than 90% of our money comes from online giving, so that's how you do that. We've never had any issue. Some good looking people here on our What's Happening page. So there's the Super Bowl contest. How easy is that? All right, so you'll just click on that, and then you'll see the um, if, if you click on there, you'll, you'll get the little, the, the different questions. You just submit that and boom, you're in the contest. Now we're, we're sending you there so that you'll hopefully do some other things while you're there with love from Jesus is this Saturday. All right. We announce this every month and sometimes with not great results. All right. So here's how you do it. Sign up for one of our Saturdays here. You can go ahead. If you know, you can't do this Saturday. If you've got something going on, you can sign up for later in the year. But 2-18-23, and there's two options. You serve the public and at 9, or you can be the kind of the cleanup crew at 12.30. You just click on that link, and it'll, um, it's real simple stuff with Love from Jesus. If you don't know, with Love from Jesus is a beautiful ministry that helps a lot of the working poor, a lot of the underserved people in Raleigh. It's right down the road. It's a beautiful ministry with a beautiful name. Um, and and we, we agree to partner with them every third Saturday. We're also, if you want to get in on this initiative, Becoming a Praying Church, there's that link right there, and that'll get you on, you know, signed up to be a part of our prayer team, either the prayer list or uh, praying through the chairs. The chair you're sitting in has already been prayed for this morning, isn't that awesome? And then some of you are ready to serve, and we have this little link of our highest need. Um, we would love for some of you to go, like, sign up for the Super Bowl contest and then accidentally sign up to serve as well. You see, we need, we need our, the most help in our kids' ministry and in guest services. Y'all know second service last week, we had 30 elementary kids in that room back there? That, we, we need help, all right? All right that's, so some of you are in 9 o'clock because you're serving at 11. You come to 9 and serve at 11, or if you serve at 11, you know, or vice versa. So 
if you could help us there even once a month, that would be, that would be a big deal to us. So uh, I like a phrase that I heard a year or two ago. It says, unclear is unkind in communication. All right, so some of your, your hearts are so big and, and you're really about what God is doing at Relentless. Um, but if we're not clear, right, then how do you know that we have needs, right? So we, we talk about with love from Jesus and why people don't go. We ask for, you know, we, 12 Saturdays a year and uh, it's usually the same very small group of relentless people that are there serving. So maybe now that you've seen how easy it is to go and click, that 9 to 1230 spot is, 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 is sometimes you're restocking food, sometimes you're restocking clothes. There's all kinds of different, it takes a lot of manpower. To, it's an amazing organization. You need to go see it and check it out. Once you go, people are pretty impressed and want to be a part of it. But it's one Saturday. We only do the third Saturday a month. So we're hoping it'll, it'll, it'll make our day if we see some uh, signups even today on that. Um, and while you're there, we're praying that maybe God will nudge you towards, man, you know, I could help in elementary. I could help in the coffee. We got just a few uh, ladies that are doing the coffee every week, and that's a big job. We just, we're a big enough church now. We can, we can get some more folks to jump in. So we're hoping that God nudges you towards something as you peruse our website. Now, if you just like, I just want to get on there and win the Super Bowl contest. I ain't doing nothing else. That's fine. That's up to you. But we're trying to hope that you do something else. And as I say, God nudge you towards something, does God do that? Does God nudge you towards things in life? Does he communicate with you like that? You might be thinking, I don't feel God nudging me to serve. I feel the pastor nudging me to serve, right? Well, sometimes God and I can work together, right? I get that. Um, and this is not, there's no age limit. So if you're a teenager, you know, you can, you can help us in, uh, with love from Jesus. You can help in elementary. There's, there's all kinds of stuff that, uh, no age requirements, all right? So... The question of this series is that it's, it's does God still speak and does he still speak to you personally? And the title of the series answers what we believe the answer is. This is this call. We're starting a series today called The God, the God Who Still Speaks. All right. So this is, this is a game changer for a lot of us, right, to, to really believe that he wants to speak specifically to you. I am amazed at how many people, religious people, Christian or otherwise, serve a God who does not communicate with them. Isn't that crazy? How easy it is to find, maybe even in this room, I don't know where you're at, a God that you serve and follow, but you don't think he communicates with you specifically. How are you supposed to get close? How are you supposed to get close to a God who doesn't speak personally to you in your life? Or how, how, how are you supposed to have this relationship if, if you're following a God that doesn't speak to you personally. Um, I'm going I'm to show you this picture I've showed you before, but I'm going to take a different angle on it. Um, I've shown you, it's one of my favorite stories when me and my dad got to go to the Masters in 2011, and there's a long, amazing story of how somebody hooked us up with tickets to go. Um, he was terminally ill, and, and we were able to um, go. He loved golf. Um, almost as much as he loved his family. And uh, so we got to go to the Masters, and I've told that story before, but I, I show you that picture today to tell you a different part of the story that I haven't told you, I don't think. I've ever told y'all about my conversation when I hung out with Tiger Woods? I haven't told y'all that, right? I don't have a picture, um, so I just have to tell you the story. You just have to kind of take my word for it, right? Um, so we're on the 15th hole, which is a famous par five. <laughs> And I'm um, there by that tree, if you know, if you don't know, you're like, what are you talking about? So anyway, uh, he hit, Tiger hits it off the tee behind that, uh, behind that tree. Um, and I'm there against the ropes with 
a lot of other people. And Tiger comes over to his ball. He sees where his ball is, and he looks at me, and he says, y'all going to have to back up. <laughs> and I, with eye contact, said, we got you. We got you, Tiger. Right? And, and that was, our, that was my, me hanging out with Tiger. It was a really personal, intimate moment. Right? He communicated with me, technically. Right? I think that's what some people think. Yeah, you know, with God, that's about as good as it gets. Like he's got a lot going on and he wasn't talking specifically to me, although I thought I felt like we maybe had a moment, right? But but that's how God just kind of speaks over us, but it's not very um personal. Right? He just kind of says something and we're just kind of there. Right? We talk all the time about these phrases, relationship over religion. Right? Religion is there's a God who speaks to the world, to the people. Relationship is he speaks to you and your life and what you bring on February 12th, this Sunday morning, your fears, your concerns, your issues, what does he speak to you specifically? That's relationship, right? Last week, um, Raph preached amazingly um, and uh, he talked about wanting God's presence over the promise and that has stuck with me, right? And just so you know, some people ask me, are you okay? Because yeah, Raph's gonna preach and um, I'm probably not, preaching like I, like before I had a stroke in November. Before that, I might preach seven, eight weeks in a row. Those, those days are, are probably behind us. Um, so just because somebody else is up here, don't assume something's wrong. But Raph did a great job walking us through that. So relationship is God speaking personally to you. So how does this work, right? Some of you get worried, like, uh-oh, is this one of those churches? Is this a cult? Like, a, start hearing voices, like, what, what are we doing? All right, what, what does that look like? How does this work? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. Next week, we're all in on that. We're all in on how God speaks to you personally next week. But for today, we've got to start with faith. All right, I want you to be honest. I'm not going to go around the room, but would you be honest in your own head right now with a number? How confident are you on a scale from 1 to 10? How confident are you that God wants to speak to you personally? That's a big question for you going forward in this series and what God wants to do. Here's what's crazy, and I, I don't say this lightly. I'm supposed to speak to you as if God is speaking to you. Now, that can get real tricky because I ain't God, right? And you got to test what I'm saying against what God said. But Peter was writing to the church, and, and there's this amazing verse in First Peter 4. Here's what it says. It's in the context is preaching. If anyone speaks, 4.11, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, if you get on our website and serve, how should you serve? With the strength God provides. If you've you got 30 elementary kids, you better have some strength. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. All right, God receives glory when we serve. And when I speak or when Raph or Joy speaks, like we're supposed to be speaking, how's that work? How we, we're, not, we're not God, we're speaking from the word of God. Every message you hear at Relentless Church is grounded and based in the authority of scripture, right? So, so how confident are you that God wants to speak to you even this morning through his word? Here's a little routine um, that we don't do every week because we always ride differently as a family of who rides with who. But we started this, I started this in sabbatical. When I took a sabbatical, I heard a lot more messages. I'm used to preaching messages, I heard a lot more messages and I realized how hard it is for you guys to come off of whatever you came from this morning come in here and just flip the switch worship God and and then receive like that's not an easy transition sometimes all right so we started praying a few things that I wanted to share with you you may have seen these before it's really it really changed how Sunday morning went for for me and I think my family number one 
Help me not be distracted or be a distraction. Right? There's a lot of stuff going on in the, in the room. You want to hear what God has for you. Two, help me bring my worship because you are worthy. Help me bring something to you, God, because you're worthy of my worship. When you come in wanting to bring him worship, man, it changes the room. Three, help me remember that you will supernaturally speak to my life and soul through the preaching of your word through a flawed human. Today, that's me. Help me remember that you want to supernaturally and you will speak to my life and soul through preaching. Four, help me bless someone today with a smile, a comfort, a comfort, an encouragement, a prayer. It's not just about you and God. It's about you and others. God wants to use you to bless somebody. Now, you got a number? How confident are you on a scale of 1 to 10 that God wants to speak personally to you? Have a, have a number in, in your head. Um, even if it's low, that's okay. God wants to meet you there. Now, I've heard people say some version of this a lot of times. Um, and it sounds really humble to say. You ever heard or felt like this? You know what? You saw the awful earthquake this week. All the stuff going on in the world. Seven plus billion people. God, God has so much. Like I can't imagine what it's like, right, to be God. Which you're right, we can't because we're humans. He's not. So, but with all that God's going on, got going on, like I'm, I'm pretty sure He's not super interested in my relationship issue, my financial issue, my job issue, what's worrying me. Probably with all that God's got going on, he's probably not 100% invested in my little tiny life. You know how easy that is to find? There are people that believe that. There are Christians that believe that. Like, you know what? God's got so much going on. I'm not going to mess with him. With, I don't, like how, how twisted is that? God wants to change that. It's not humble to say that. Right? Because God is invested in you. He is a personal, caring, relentless God. I'm going to prove that to you today. And I'm going to prove it to you from Scripture. And I know as a church for the untold, unconvinced, some of you are like, yeah, I don't believe that Scripture is the Word of God. Right? That's a very, that's a very big issue. Right? Um, and you can research that and we can help you with that. But here's, here's one way that God might help you believe that it is His Word. As we look at it every week, you'll start to see God move in your life and your heart. How is that possible? If it's just a book, there's no way he can change you through. His word is that powerful. So just let it wash over you. For those in the room that would say, I believe in scripture, that, I, that it is the word of God, right? Prepare to be blown away. This, this stuff is just, it's, it's mind-blowing to, to dwell on. It's mind-blowing to preach. As we kind of figure out who God is and how, how personal he is today, I want you to just let this, let, let this just sink deep into your heart. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you a text from Mark 14. Here's the setup. Jesus is, Jesus is about to go um, to the cross. This is the night before um, his crucifixion. Right? He's had the Last Supper with, with the disciples. And um, as, as I remind you, we have communion over here. Some of you take that during worship or before or after church. It's on the table where we remember what Jesus asked us to remember with his body and his blood. So that's just happened and he needs, needs to go pray, right? And, and when we read this prayer in a second, it'll look like he's scared. He's not scared of the cross. He's not scared of, scared of death. He's actually 
knows. He, he's God in a human body. He is God in all his holiness in a human body. He's never sinned. He knows he's about to receive my sin and your sin and everybody's sin on him. And look what he says, verse 34. He said to his disciples, Jesus said, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yeah, yet not what I will, but what you will. Right? Isn't that crazy? One, that he doesn't go far enough away. He wants the disciples to hear this so they can record it and know where he was. And it says he's, he's one, one translation says he's overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He falls on the ground and he asks God, hey, if there's another way, if, there, if everything's possible for you, Father, if there's, a way, if there's a way that you can save the people without me becoming sin, like now, like here at the last moment, I want to know that. But he ends his prayer with this powerful, not what I want, what your will is. And he cries out. Like this, this is emotion like that we can't even fully grasp and imagine. Jesus going to his father and he cries out, Abba, Father. And there's this, Abba is an Aramaic word that we don't translate because there's not a good translation. All right, Abba, Father. He's so sorrowful in his soul because of what's about to happen. Is there another way out of this? Which we know God ultimately says, no, the cross is the only, the only way. We know that Jesus never sinned. He received our sin. At this point, he was fully holy and righteous. You know what that tells us? Being sorrow for your soul, sorrow in your soul is not sin. Somebody needs to hear that this morning, right? It's not sinful to have sorrow in your soul. It's a part of Jesus' experience and is often part of the human experience. Right? And as we um, walk through this, I've told you that uh, we're going to do a series this, this year on anxiety and some of the sorrow that can come from that. Um, here's a health update on me. I had a brain scan appointment this week. They really like everything about me physically as far as how my brain is healing. Um, a lot of encouraging things about how I'm going physically. All right, so it's just victory and praise God on that end of it. All right, on the mental anxiety side, can I be real with you? I'm losing, all right, I'm losing. All right, I'm not, I'm not gonna lose ultimately, but that's been a much... Now, it's connected to the stroke indirectly, everything that I'm trying to figure out. So appreciate your prayers on that. But there's been some moments in this journey, even this week, where I totally understand. I'm not where Jesus was. I'm not going to the cross. But the Abba Father, I just got to cry out, Abba, Daddy, help me. Right? Some of you know. Um, that word, Daddy, some people really hesitate because they think it's... Um, disrespectful of God to call him daddy. So we just translated Abba. If you do the study of the ancient word and what it, how it was used in other documents, here's the best definition we could find. Abba is an intimate term between a small child and a father. It is a crying out that a little tiny kid would do towards a father, dad, or papa is a great translation as well. That's how Jesus came to God, 
Abba, Father. Why? Because he was connected. The Spirit of God, God the Father, God the Son, they were always together from the very beginning in Genesis. We see that the Trinity, they are connected and united together. And now for the first time, Jesus is about to go to the cross and he's going to be separated from the holiness of of God because he's going to have your sin and my sin on him. He's going to take it for us. Why would God let him go through that? Because he so loved the world that he gave his son. And in that moment, the night before, Jesus cries out to his father, who he knows so intimately well. And he cries out with this phrase, Abba, Father, intimate. I need you. All right, you got that? Now, here's what's crazy. This is from Romans now. So the spirit of God carried Paul to write what we have as scripture, the words of God to us, his church. Chapter eight, he says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. All right, so we say, we're not, we're not slaves anymore. We don't live in fear. Why? Because we've been adopted as sons and daughters of Father God. So we're led by the spirit. We're his children. You with me? Check out the next sentence. It says, and by him, the spirit of God, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Are you serious? We cry out, Abba, Father, by the Spirit, the same Spirit that lived in Jesus now lives in us. We can approach and talk to Abba, Father, God, in the same way Jesus did as his actual son. I'm his actual son because I'm adopted into the family. I am a child of God. In Galatians, Paul reemphasizes this point. It says, because you are his sons, Galatians 4, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. The spirit of Jesus that called out Abba, Father, now lives in us. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, God made you also an heir, right? You're not just a child. You're also an heir. You're going to receive the same inheritance that Jesus received. Resurrection, joy, hope. Everything will be made right in your life forever, eternity, connection to him. You are a child of God. And we get to approach God as Jesus did with the same depth of intimacy, Abba, Father. That's life-changing for me. So what in the world does this have to do with God speaking to us? Well, you gotta, you gotta know where you stand with him before you speak to him and then have him speak to you as we are becoming a praying church. It all, it all starts with knowing that you're his and that you belong. There's some guys giving Jesus a rough time in, uh, in John 10 and they're questioning him and challenging his authority. And Jesus answered him this way. He said, I told you and you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you're not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never die, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My sheep hear my voice. What does that imply? That he's saying something to his sheep. My sheep hear my voice. They listen to me, which means God is speaking. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice which means he must be speaking, right? We did a whole series on this verse from Colossians, chapter two, verse six. As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught. It's, all right, so you receive Jesus, that's how you become a son or daughter, when you receive Jesus, just as you received him, with the same energy and effort, we now walk with him. If you're walking with him, you're going to hear from him. 
That's part of it. If you're walking with him, why? Because if you're walking with him, you belong to him. If you belong to him, you're one of his sheep. If you're one of his sheep, my sheep hear my voice, which tells us that he's talking, or it would make no sense to say that. Here's the question. Does everyone who walks with Jesus get to hear from him? Is that across the board? Joy says yes. Joy's right, as usual. All right? Yes, if you are his and you belong to him and you're walking with him, you're going to hear from him. And that, that puts some pressure on God, maybe. I don't think so. Some of you are not so sure, right? Your number was low as far as your confidence that God wants to speak to you. So, um, and, I, and I get that hesitancy that God wants to speak. Maybe, maybe it comes from how you grew up and what kind of religious context and like a God who wants to intimately, personally, individually speak to you is, is weird or out of your framework, right? Just, just, just think through this with me. The God who sent Jesus to go through that that we looked at, Jesus asked for a way out and God said, no, this is what needs to happen. And Jesus went through it on our behalf. The God who loves you that much doesn't want to take the time to communicate to your life. That doesn't make any sense. If he loves you enough to sacrifice his son on a cross and to let your punishment go to his perfect, innocent son, if he loves you that much, if he's that invested in you, then come on. Then he's invested in your today and your week and whatever's going on in your life and he wants to communicate and speak with you. Now that kind of puts him on the spot, right? What, what if we go through this series and you're hearing nothing, right? I don't think it puts God on the spot. I think we have a part to play in this. That's what we're gonna talk about through this series, right? You have to have a confidence that he wants to speak. You have to come to him in faith and that can lead to fear. Right? Because if you do this, if you do what we're asking you to do, to believe that there's a God who wants to speak to your life, if you do that in the next month and then you hear nothing, then what do we do with that? Right? There's only a few options. One, I'm doing it wrong. It must be me. I can't hear from God. I don't, I don't know how to do it. I'm messing it up. Or another option is B, he must not have anything to say to me. Or maybe he doesn't love me like you're talking about. All right, those are two pretty bad options, right? You can, we can come back here in a month and be like, yeah, I got nothing from God. So I must be, I'm not good at it, or I don't know how to do it. I can't hear him. Or he, he, just, he doesn't have anything to say to me. Maybe I'm not, you know, one of his chosen. All right, that's a really big barrier we got to knock down. Because there's a lot of us that believe that God speaks to his chosen, to the to the pastors, to the upper echelon, to the top 10% or whatever. That's just not biblical. My sheep hear my voice, right? We'll look at a verse in a second that'll help you with that. But there's a third option because I think a lot of people are not in the habit of hearing from God and there's a God who still speaks. And it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong and it doesn't mean he doesn't love you or wanna say something to you. Maybe it's this, maybe God wants to change how you think about hearing from him. Maybe even today, this will help you going forward, because I know that God wants to talk to you, to you. I know he does. And it changes everything. It changes everything about life. It changes everything about your week. If you can, if you can have a confidence that God wants to speak to you, your week will be different. It's so different, right? We're going to watch. Most of us will watch this game tonight, and it's a time of year where a lot of people buy new TVs. It's getting out of control. Have y'all been to Best Buy lately? like 8 million K, like whatever. It's like you go back there to the, the expensive room and you look at the TVs and it's like, is this, a, is this real? Am I, am I there? All right. Why would you buy a ticket 
right? And when you can buy this TV and have it even better, right? Every once in a while, they may do it tonight. They'll do a flashback of an old Super Bowl, right? You ever been there and you uh, got younger people in the room and you're like, say, Dad, is that how y'all watch TV? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't even see what number, like how? Like, how did you do that? And you know what the answer is. We didn't know any better. It's all we knew. There are so many folks that don't know that there's a God who still speaks. They don't know any better. They've never been taught the how of next week or, or the, ground, the foundation of this week. They've never been taught that there's a God who loves you and wants to speak to your life. And once, once you understand that that's true and you're looking for that and believing that, it is like the difference between watching standard definition and HD. It will change your life. What do you got going on this week? You got a big game, all right? You got, you got tests, you got stuff at work, you got stress, you got decisions that need to be made, you got relational stuff. God wants to walk with you in that, and he wants to communicate to you in that. Now, I know there's another fear. There's a fear that, uh, well, if we start talking about God told me this, God told me that, right? You start, people start side-eye, like, oh, you're one of them crazy ones. All right, read scripture. It doesn't make you crazy. It makes you one of his sheep, all right? And here's the beauty, because sometimes people, I find a lot of times when I hear that sentence, hey, God told me this, what's about to be said is something crazy, right? I don't think God told you that, bro, right? Here's why. We'll learn this next week. God never contradicts himself. He never is going to tell you something that goes against what he told us in scripture. So we, that's, a, that's a safety for that. So you don't have to worry about being crazy. Um, and going back to that, that issue, some of you think, well, God's, God communicates to, the, you know, to a certain kind of person. Right? The Bible uses this beautiful phrase, uh, no difference, no distinction. Right? Romans, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Right? And there's a lot of scripture about you know, male and female. Like it, it's just there's not a hierarchy. He speaks to not his chosen one. He speaks to his sheep. There's nobody in this room who's too young for God to speak to. Right? There's nobody who's in this room who's too far away from God for God to speak to. That's really encouraging. You don't have to pass a test. Right? You don't have to memorize the Bible. You have to come in faith to a God who loves you and believe that he still speaks. What does he want to communicate to you? Man, I wish I knew. Right? I was going to show you this clip, but I, I didn't. But uh, it's Bruce Almighty, remember that movie? Remember the scene where he's having to answer the prayers and he does the post-it notes then he goes to the computer and he just starts putting yes to everything some of us think that's how God is we tell him he doesn't have time he's got to go through all this stuff well, that's, that's, what, that's the kind of scene you get when you put human thinking on who God is right I wish you know as your pastor that'd be pretty cool if I could have a, a, everybody just single file line after service hey here's what God has to say to you about your life and your week right I don't know and what's better right we can create systems where you got to go through a man to get to what God wants for you. That's not a great system. Right? That's not the system God gave us. What's the system he gave us? I'm going to put the spirit of Jesus that cries out, Abba, Father, in you. Yeah. All right? And that spirit can speak to you the will of God to you. So I don't know, but he does. I think we should be getting pretty excited as a church because there's a lot of us that are not in the habit of hearing from a God who still speaks. So what happens when we lean in to that. So I don't know what he wants to communicate specifically to you, except I do know today he wants to communicate two things to all of us. It always comes back to these two things. 
Number one, he wants to communicate his love and his will. All right, I, I preached two, three weeks ago. My primary responsibility today is to spend quality time with God. It's the most life-changing sentence that I've ever known. I've been living that out. And I don't want you to think every day as I spend quality time with God, he reveals his will to me and he tells me, hey, go do this or lead the church or you need to say this or do this. It's not like that. Every day I don't get some revelation from God. I need to preach on this or I need to call this person. Like sometimes, yes, but that's not an everyday thing for me. And when, when I don't hear a specific will from God, doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. So don't think every time I spend quality time with God, he's going to give me his will. That's a process. It's a relationship process. It happens as you sit with him and spend time with him and his word. All right. So that's not a guarantee, but here's what is every day. God wants to communicate his love for you. Isn't that cool? He want, you can feel it. You can receive his love. It's amazing. He wants to, that's, and that's not really him speaking. Yes, it absolutely is speaking. All right, this, this, uh, this verse has been probably one of the most meaningful verses in, in my recovery since November, since I had the stroke um, from Romans 5. I, I pray it every day. Starts with this. It's talking about the gospel. Uh, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we've been made right by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace into which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I say that every day, I rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Then it goes on, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame, why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So what part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to pour love into our hearts. God pours love into our hearts. Where is the Holy Spirit? It is in you if you belong to him. And part of the daily role, one of the things he wants to communicate to you today and again tomorrow is just to sit in his presence. Just God, good morning, good afternoon. I just want to sit with you. I want to receive what you want to give me. And he will supernaturally through his Holy Spirit communicate his love for you, that he loves you not because of how well you behave. He loves you because he's God and he's bought you and you've been justified. You're at peace with him through your faith in Jesus. And you just sit in that love. Now he may about to be, give some will too, but we don't know. We can't guarantee his will. We can guarantee every day he wants to communicate his love. There's a God who still speaks and he wants to communicate his love to your heart. When that starts to happen, we come in here on Sundays and we're busting at the seams. I got to worship this God. I got to thank God, right? I got to sing of the goodness of God. I know he is working because he's pouring his love into my heart through the Holy Spirit. And even when we're going through junk, we, we can rejoice because the suffering is leading ultimately to hope and hope doesn't put us to shame. And hope is built on love being poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit. Now, how does all this, how does all this start? A relationship with God starts with surrender. It always starts with surrender. So that's the beginning of becoming a child of God. It's not believing, it's surrendering, right? So what's more important than that? On this Super Bowl Sunday, it could be the Super Sunday in your life. If the God of the universe is, is doing something in your heart today, and your first step is not to believe in God, your first step is to surrender, meaning I'm, I trust you, God. I trust. I put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross, on your love, and I'm going to surrender to that. Maybe, maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus, but you've not been in surrender mode. 
Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never trusted him with control of your life. How, how can we, how can we leave this message about a God who still speaks without giving you a chance to respond to what he might be saying to your heart right now? All right, so here's how we do this. Um, and there's no verse I can tell you about raising your hand, but we do that. Why? Because if God is speaking to you, then you need to, you need to respond to him in some one way or another. And one easy way we can do that is just to raise our hand. So if you're a praying person, right, then you would begin to pray right now. Uh, you can bow your head and just pray that if there's somebody that God is speaking to, that they would know that that's God right now. And that God of the universe who still speaks would speak in this room in this moment. If somebody needs to make today their surrender day. All right, so how we're going to do that is I'm going to count to three. And if you think that's you today, you think God's speaking to you, I need to surrender. I want to take a step towards surrender. I don't know all what I'm ready for, but I'm ready to take a step towards surrender. Then we're just going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. This has nothing to do with you and me. This is all about you and God. All right, this is between you and a personal God. This is, this is you saying yes to being his child. And it starts with giving him control, surrendering yourself. If that's you today and God is speaking to you right now, don't run from it. Step into it. Just raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Boldly. Beautiful. All right. Thank you. You can open your eyes. Can we clap for God who still speaks? Come on. Um, I, saw, I saw three hands on this side of the room. I don't know what's the matter with y'all. Um, just kidding, but I saw three hands. I can't see everything, so it could have been, but I saw like, three hands of people that came to church probably not thinking they were going to make a surrender like that. That's a God who's active and speaking, right? That's so beautiful. So if you raise your hand, we would love to, to know more. We'd love to um, follow up with you, have a conversation of what your next step might be, celebrate with you. You can reach out to us through your website. You can talk through our website, not your website. Um, through the church website. You can speak to any of our staff or leaders. Um, and since I saw your hands, I may just follow up with you this week and say, hey, how can we walk with you? Um, that's a big deal that you said yes to surrender. It's a big deal. All right, so we're going we're gonna to pray. Do not be intimidated. Do not leave this message or this series like, okay, I'm nervous. I'm going to go sit with God. I hope, he, I hope I do this right. It's not about doing it right. Just sit in his love. He'll communicate his love to you through the Holy Spirit. Right, the pressure's on him, not on you. All right, let me pray for you and we'll go. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you, that you love us, that you loved us so much that you would give us your spirit, the spirit that cries out, Abba, Father God, how powerful you are, how holy you are, that you know everything about me. You know everything there is to know about me, the worst of me, and yet you still save me. You call me your son. I am righteous through Jesus and that you allow me to come at you with Abba Father, that I can talk to you that way, that you can be my, my creator, my maker, but also my Papa God. And I can cry out in times of pain, in times of hurt, in times of just not knowing. God, thank you for that. I pray you would raise the number in the room, whatever the number was of how confident we are that God wants to speak to our lives that we would leave here with a higher number than we came in. God, we thank you that we can approach you as our Abba Father. And God, for those, however how many, raise their hand. God, we thank you for calling. Only you can do that. 
for calling them to surrender. For those who thought about raising their hand, God, I pray they would know the invitation never ends. We praise you for being a God who speaks. We pray your blessing on this group as we leave and the 11 o'clock as they come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget, you got work to do on our website, Super Bowl Contest, and see if God leads your fingers to sign up for anything else. Y'all have a great week.